a chance for Mule and Burroughs. They score! And the Mules score! Scores! Three in a row for the Mules! Duke has to put it up at the buzzer! It's good! And the Mules win it! Coming to you from Allentown, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Mule and Mules podcast. Each episode, we'll talk to the coaches, staff, athletes, and alumni who make up the Muhlenberg Athletics family and are proud to call themselves Mules. Throughout the month of February for Black History Month, the Muhlenberg Mules podcast joins the Office of Multicultural Life in celebrating the rich history and contributions of black people to the world, the United States, and to Muhlenberg College. Our guest this week is the commissioner of the Centennial Conference, Portia Hoig. Welcome to the Muhlenberg Mules podcast, Portia. Thanks for having me. You've been the commissioner of the Centennial Conference since April 2019, and things started off really well, right? Had a volleyball national championship and a really, really successful fall of 2019, and winter was going great. I had the number one ranked basketball team in the country, and then COVID hit, right? And, and, and... <laughs> right. didn't see that one coming, that's for but sure. Yeah, since then, it's been a little bit crazy. Hopefully, we're seeing some progress, perhaps to returning to competition. The, the conference has yet to make an announcement on spring championships, but some schools have announced their intentions, including Muhlenberg, to try to move back to some sort of competition. But I'm sure it's been a, an interesting time for you and, and not really what you'd expected to be doing when you became the commissioner of the Centennial Conference. Absolutely. There, there's no playbook for this. It, it, it's unreal. But I, I know I'm in the, the same boat as a lot of my colleagues who are also dealing with this. And so there, there's somewhat um, good to be, you know, misery loves company. And we've got a lot of company in other division three conferences and in two and one for, for that matter. You know, in, in, in Hamilton, they sing that song about being in the room where it happens. And you know, I, I imagine it has to be interesting. You're not actually in a physical room. You're probably in a virtual room. But when you're talking with the presidents of, of all these other colleges in the Centennial Conference, some of the best colleges in the country, I, I imagine there's a lot of people in there with strong opinions and, and maybe differing opinions. That, that has to be really interesting to, to sit with that group of people as they're making these, these important decisions. Absolutely. They're... Uh group and, and not only the president's group, but also working with our administrators, our ADs, our, our athletic trainers, there's all the different constituents that we have, we talk to the, throughout our governance um, process to try to come up with these decisions. It's, it's fascinating if you're a leadership um, person or, you know, like you said, uh, uh, the room where it happened, it's just fascinating to watch the different perspectives that are brought to the table, the, the different backgrounds. Um, on, on every single level and just the amount of knowledge um, that everyone brings to the table and a great deal of thought and care for our student athletes, for their health and safety, um, trying to be creative and think outside the box, um, making sure we're benchmarking against other conferences and institutions. It's, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's not anything that anyone takes lightly, but um, the, I'm very fortunate to work with some tremendous groups of people and everyone trying to do um, what they feel is best at this time. Yeah, and I think a lot of people sometimes just see the end result and the decisions and, and maybe don't understand, as you mentioned, all the, all the thought, uh, all the hard thought that really goes into making some of those decisions. 
Yes, it's, it's terribly nuanced and, and for good reason too, right? No one wants to put anyone in, in danger, whether that's the, the student athletes or even our coaches and our, our staff members. We can't forget that there are so many people being impacted by these decisions. It, it's not just at the student athlete level. Um, it, it goes all the way up to the, the top of the, every institution and, and how they're going to be impacted by these decisions. So we really try to take good care um, and at the same time be as transparent and, and honest and communicate as much as, as possible throughout this process. So you're, uh, you're Division three through and through, Portia. You, you, you went to Trinity University in Texas. You, you got your master's at North Park. You've, you've served at Vassar, Lake Forest, Allegheny, Rhodes, and, and now you're in Division three Centennial Conference. So what's the best conference in the division? Oh, the Centennial Conference, of course. <laughs> good, good. All right, all right. You, you passed that one. I'm going to see if you can bite on this one. What's the best school in the best conference in Division Three? <laughs> well, I'll go with my alma mater. How about that? Seems like the safe bet, right? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't very well choose any of our institutions in the Centennial Conference. So um, I love. I I always like to say that I I treat them like my children. I love them all equally and, you know, um, <laughs> <with> <laughs> my heart. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed my experience at, at Trinity as a student athlete, but I, I've been in Division Three my entire career. Love this level um, of athletic administration. Uh, the student athletes are just tremendous. They, their interests are, are so varied and widespread, but at the same time, they take um, athletics very seriously. Um, so that is, is so much fun to watch them do what they love, but also know that off the playing field, they're doing tremendous things in the classroom or internships or their philanthropic pursuits. It's, it's amazing. So I, I really enjoy the Division Three level and, and couldn't see myself being at, at any other level. When you were at Trinity, did you get any snow down there? Uh, they're dealing with some snow and, and freezing temperatures down in Texas. Very unusual for them. It is. No, and, and funny enough, um, at the time that I was at Trinity playing basketball, we would often, um, we DePaul was in our league. So when we would travel up north to Indiana, it was probably the first time that I actually needed hat and gloves. And <laughs> there it was always, you know, basketball season is in the middle of the winter time. And it was like, yes, no, because you hardly ever see it in, in Texas. But when you do, um, everything shuts down a couple of times growing up there. Uh, we, we got snow, but usually by the end of the day or the next day, everything would be melted and it's 60 degrees again. So it, it's a rare occurrence. Yeah, yeah, something there, something unusual they're having to deal with down there. So we mentioned you were you were hired by the Centennial Conference as, as just the second conference commissioner in the conference's history in, in 2019. And you're also the first African-American woman to be conference commissioner in Division Three. And at the time of your hiring, there were only five total African-American conference commissioners in all the NCAA, all three divisions. So I'd like to talk about maybe, you know, obviously that doesn't reflect the representation of the athletes that you see on the playing field, the leadership and the leadership positions. Wanted to talk a little bit about that today and maybe what some of the reasons for that are and, and what are some of the things, I know you're working on some things too, to maybe try to try to change that. So the, the leadership representation is more reflective of what the athletes are. Yes, absolutely. So it is hard to believe that I was the first in Division Three in, in 2019. It, it seemed pretty crazy, quite honestly, that uh, we hadn't gotten there yet with all the strides that we've made in our world. Um, why not this particular step? So very proud to, to be represented in, in that way. Um, I'm a, a big proponent of 
representation matters. Um, you know, diversity is extremely important um, to our world, but also working in higher education. I, I think it's important that I know our, our camp, we want our campuses to reflect the world um, and we want our staff to, to do the same, um, whether that's our, our athletic department staff or our conference staff, we want that to be reflective of the wonderful tapestry of our world. We have been trying to establish ourselves in, in different ways um, and a diversity proponent. One of the things that we've done as a conference is we applied for the Strategic Alliance Matching Grant, um, which is specifically for ethnic minorities and women. And um, that is a Division Three initiative from the NCAA. You apply for the grant, you hire an individual that is working in administration, and for us, there is obviously plenty of work to be done in the Centennial Conference. And we had in the past been uh, really good about applying for the internship program. So we've had three women who've gone on to do great things in athletic administration through the internship program. So for us, we wanted to take that next step and really invest in, in a more full-time person that would be here longer than a couple of years. Um, so applied for that position, um, hired Amber Thomas in the midst of a pandemic and maternity leave for myself and paternity leave for um, our assistant executive director. And she's been tremendous. Um, another African-American woman with a great background in not only um, athletic communications, but has also worked on the campus and also has a background in um, some diversity and inclusion efforts. So her hire was very strategic in trying to further our strategic plan um, regarding diversity and inclusion efforts. Uh, we're still working on, we're working with several groups at our different campuses to put together some resources for our campus, also looking at our policies and procedures. And I, I know it's something that a lot of our colleagues are looking at, especially in light of what happened last year with Black Lives Matter. And, um, you know, there have been a lot of groups that have been created on the campus level, but we really wanted to make sure, one, that you can see the diversity um, on, in our office. And we're also going to put together um, some policies and procedures to actually back up uh, seeing those individuals in leadership roles within our, our conference. So, you know, this is just the beginning. Uh, we have great allies and, and advocates on all of our campuses. And, and this has definitely been something that our President's Council has stood behind since day one. It is one of the pillars of our conference and, and something that we're going to continue to build on and, and hopefully be a leader in within Division Three. Yeah, and I imagine having a person such as yourself who a young African-American woman can look up to and say, okay, she got to this position, I can too. I imagine that can, that can only help. The, the commissioner of the Big Ten Conference is, is an African-American male right now. I imagine that's part of the, the solution is having people in those leadership roles to begin with that, that others can look up to. Absolutely. And I can say when I was coming up, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me, you know, whether that was in athletic department or, um, you know, even on campus, there weren't a lot of faculty or, or staff members. So um, I, I feel very privileged to, to be in this role and to be able to serve in that capacity, but we also want to make sure that it doesn't end here um, and that we're creating inroads for other individuals to, to follow in our footsteps. So it's, it's extremely important for us to remain uh, visible to our membership as, as many times as I could be a part of these podcasts or, you know, these videos or what have you, I want to make sure that I'm able to do so, so that our student athletes can see that this is something that they can aspire to, uh, hopefully one day in their lives. Yeah. And you, you talked about making strides. I think you're a Cowboys fan, correct? <laughs> I am. I grew up okay. in Dallas. 
And so, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I hope you don't mind mentioning that the, the, you know, the Tampa Bay Bucks just won the Super Bowl recently. And, you know, I think people took notice. They have three African-American coordinators. Uh, they're the only team in the NFL to have three African-American coordinators. Also two full-time female coaches uh, on their staff. And hopefully that was something that, that made people take notice. I, uh, Ryan Clark, who's a former NFL safety, actually tweeted out after the game, leadership doesn't have a look. And, and I think something like that, we're at the highest level of probably the most popular sport in the country. You know, hopefully people can take notice that, you know, that that's a model for success. Absolutely. And I, I really think that this is something you, you have to be intentional um, about your, your hiring. You, you can't necessarily sit back and expect um, all of these qualified minorities or, you know, who, whoever um, fall into your lap. You, you really have to make inroads, whether it's um, expanding your network or advertising in places where you know you can um, specifically pinpoint diverse individuals. So I, I always tell people that this is intentional work that we're doing. I, I knew how to get to an Amber or the rest of our, our candidate pool prior to even applying for that position. Um, but it does take some work to, to get there. But I, I think the ending, you don't always win a Super Bowl, but <laughs> that you want to hear, then you will win a Super Bowl by having, you know, a diverse uh, group of people around you, around you. Especially if the Cowboys, Cowboys, uh, probably not. Um, we need all the help we can get. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you talked about the grant that gave you uh, Amber working in the office. And I know you're, you've been active in providing opportunities for ethnic minorities among current student athletes. Muhlenberg's own volleyball player, Alicia Long, just recently attended the NCAA immersion program with, with your help. So first of all, thank you for helping her and get to that. But, you know, that, that's obviously an important part of getting today's student athletes, particularly those of ethnic minorities, interested in potentially this kind of career path. Yes, and she's been amazing. Um, she has been extremely proactive. And I just think back to, you know, the fact that our office has really been trying to be more visible on, on campuses. And within my first year, uh, Muhlenberg was hosting the wrestling championships. And that's when I first met Alicia. Your associate AD introduced her to me and we just got to talking and learned a little bit about her career path. And then I ran into her at a basketball game as she's a manager for that. And she just kept popping up on my radar and, and she reached out. She did the right things on her and she reached out to me and said, hey, if there's any opportunities, let me know. And um, the pandemic really hit. And so we weren't able to really engage her as we had hoped during the summertime. But when this opportunity came about, she's the first person that came to my mind, um, someone who didn't quite know what they wanted to do. And, and I think um, for all the flack that the NCAA can get on you know, some other level, what I really think they do well is leadership development and providing opportunities to our student athletes, whether it's, you know, the Apple program that they, they have um, on research and looking at health and safety measures, whether it's SAC and providing leadership opportunities to engage in the governance structure at the highest levels, or it's the immersion program or the career and sports program. Those are amazing programs that I've had the opportunity to facilitate in the past. I didn't necessarily know of them when I was a student athlete, but I wish I had. 
because uh, you really get a, a leg up in, uh, in terms of building your resume and preparing for that next step in, in your life if you want to go into athletics or not. I, I think the, the programming is tremendous and they put a lot of resources towards that. So uh, to be able to um, put that on, on Alicia's radar and for her to take advantage of it and then to hear afterwards how impactful it was for her means everything. Again, I'm someone who has taken advantage of those opportunities that were afforded to me. I, I was a part of the internship program um, way back in the day at the very first class I, when I worked at Smith College. Um, I then received the matching grant when I was at Lake Forest College and they created an assistant AD position for me. Uh, so these are things that all help to pave the way, but I also do give kudos to the NCAA and Division Three for putting money behind the, these efforts because they're, they're not cheap at all. They, they essentially pay for your salary, your professional development. And as a result of that, you really do get access to some of the wonderful things that they, they provide, the development opportunities that they provide. So I always say take advantage of those as, as long as you, you can, especially if it's hard to, to find something, a grad assistantship or some other opportunities. The NCAA has quite a few. Yeah, and, and the Centennial Conference has just partnered with some other conferences in the region for another one, this Mid-Atlantic Regional Commissioners Association. MARCA, is that, do people call it MARCA? Or is yes, that just the MARCA. MARCA. Okay, mm-hmm. and Ethnic Minority Careers and Athletics Symposium, which will be coming up in April, you know, and that's another thing that just recently came across from the Centennial Conference with uh, applications opening a couple of weeks ago, and and, and just another opportunity probably in the same vein as the, uh, the NCAA immersion program. Yes, absolutely. And we, we typically do that one every other year, but it's a, a great partnership with our, our regional colleagues. And um, we really hope that our student athletes will take advantage of the, the opportunity to learn more about themselves and, and potentially about the world of athletics, if that's uh, what they choose to do in the future. We're talking with Portia Hoyt, the commissioner of the Centennial Conference. And, and you mentioned earlier about what happened last summer with the Black Lives Matter. And, you know, I think one of the things that really has to be encouraging about those of us who work in athletics as a career is how athletics can be an, an agent for, for social change. And particularly in the last year, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of that, maybe, maybe more kind of in the forefront, maybe it was going on a little bit more behind the scenes, but maybe kind of in the forefront where professional athletes were using their platform to, to speak out. I think that's one of the things about sport, um, just the, the fact that they have been at the forefront of a lot of social justice issues. I, I um, always think back to, you know, being in an athletic environment, working with so many different individuals and having the opportunity to get to know them and their background, whether it's, you know, race, whether it's their sexual orientation. Um, there have been so many factors of diversity that have come through sports and it can be a, a tremendous platform. Um, for just understanding, you know, the conversations that go on in the locker room and, you know, those are the people that you will ride or die with and, you know, you go to battle with every day. It's a wonderful platform and it's been really empowering to see how many of our student athletes have really grabbed a hold of that and and they've really decided to use that in a positive way to educate people and um, educate their communities or even their campuses in, in a lot of regard. Yeah, we've been on our Muhlenberg Instagram page, we've been highlighting some athletes for Black History Month. And it was interesting to note that the first two we uh, featured, Muhammad Ali and Jackie Robinson, both of who came to Muhlenberg to speak, were 
obviously some of the most prominent athletes of the 20th century and also very involved with, with civil rights and, and very much advocates for, for social justice. Yeah, I'm, I just, you know, Bill Russell just celebrated his birthday and they are just taught what not only was he a tremendous athlete, right, all these <laughs> championships, but um, he was also at the forefront of that, too. So it's great to see. It just shows that people aren't, you know, one dimensional. There, there's so many things that you can also be passionate about. And I know at one point it may have been looked down upon um, to kind of put those feelings or that perspective at the forefront, but now I feel it's a, it's a lot more accepted. Uh, you're accepting the duality of these identities and LeBron James can be an amazing basketball player, but he can also build the school that is to educate, you know, low income um, communities. And there's a lot of athletes that are doing some tremendous things behind the scenes, but it's wonderful to see that being brought more to the forefront, especially as it pertains to, to social justice. Yeah, Bill Russell also uh, trolled Tom Brady by showing off all his rings. That... <laughs> yeah, as he should. I mean, I, I would wear all of my rings too if I had the ability to. Do so. <laughs> so, Portia, we like to end all of our podcasts here with some uh, getting to know you type questions. Hopefully, I have a little little bit of fun with some of these. So, uh, here we go. What's your favorite quote? Oh, um, I do really like Michael Jordan. Um, and, you know, growing up, he was everything in basketball. So I, I like I can't accept I can't accept not trying. You know, it's, it's very simple. But um, to me, there's a there's an air of optimism in that and just always trying. You, you just never know. Um, so I remember having that little book when I was in high school or, or junior high. So I that one has always kind of stuck with me. If you weren't the commissioner of the Centennial Conference, the greatest job in the world, as we all know, what, what would you be doing? <laughs> oh, good. And you can't say you'd be commissioner of some other conference. That's <laughs> um, a professional athlete. You know, why not? I'm, I am vertically challenged, but this is you know, <laughs> pie in the sky. Why, why not get paid to you know, play a, a sport that you love? Did you play sport uh, when you were at Trinity? I played basketball. Played basketball, okay. Even though you say you're vertically challenged, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I would say I'm I'm short, but I played big. You know, as, as big as a five five person could could play. What's the best way a person can spend their time? Doing what they love, doing what they're they're passionate about. All right, nice quick answer there. And then, <laughs> if you could sit down for a meal with any famous person, living or past, who would it? Be? I always had trouble with this one. I do really like. I'm a big fan of Maya Angelou, uh, who, who passed away a few years ago, loved her poetry, loved her books. Um, she has lived such a, she lived such a charmed life. I mean, um, an, an author, a poet, she was also an actress at one point, an activist. She's done so many things. I just feel like she, she has all these great stories. And, and she's, she also overcame great tragedy in her life, um, you know, personally with her family and, and whatnot. So and she has a way with words. I just feel like it would be a really eye-opening meal with her. And then I also have Michelle and Barack Obama. They're on my list too. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're on a lot of people's lists. Yeah, they, they fascinate me. <laughs> All right. And, and we have a bonus question for you. We just had Valentine's Day over the weekend. So this is your, your opportunity to, to give some love to whoever you want to give some love to. Well, first, love to my family. You know, it's been a long pandemic, but lots of love for, for my boys and, and my husband. And I think just show some love to everyone in college athletics. It, it has been a really tough 
almost year, I think at this, this point for a lot of people, again, not only our student athletes, but our coaches are, are coaching and training and connecting in ways that they've never had to do before. Our staff members behind the scene, you know, our sports information directors, our athletic trainers are having to reinvent themselves and reinvent the way that they operate. Our ADs and, you know, our commissioners and those who work in the conference office, we are becoming um, adept in all things medical related, the pandemic, um, thinking through policies in a way we've never had to think through them before. So I want to show love to them because I, I think that often they're kind of the unsung heroes in, in a time like this. And from the outside looking in, everyone feels like they have the right answer or they know what um, we should do. But I would just like to show everyone love because it's taken a great deal of perseverance and um, just flexibility in, in this time. So I, I think they could use a little extra love because, you know, we're not always love the way we would hope we would be. <laughs> All right, Portia. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining us this week for, for the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. Hopefully we'll be back to uh, some kind of normal this fall and we can go back to celebrating all the successes of the Centennial Conference teams that, they, that they've traditionally enjoyed, the Centennial Conference. Great conference and then Muhlenberg's very happy to be part of it and we're happy to have you be a part of it too. So thank you for joining us, Portia. Oh, thank you. We're, we're excited to, to have Muhlenberg and um, all of our sports doing extremely well. So we will, we will be back stronger than ever in the Centennial Conference, that's for sure. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is a production of the Muhlenberg Office of Athletic Communications with Joe Widener, Zoe Keim, and Marty the Mule. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at mulespodcast at muhlenberg.edu or call our pod line at 484-664-4001 and leave a message. We will answer questions in future episodes. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is available on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends. For the latest in Muhlenberg College Athletics, please follow us on social media at M-U-H-L underscore S-P-O-R-T-S. Until next week, Go Mules!